This week, the Bears take on the Ducks. We're talking Oregon football, a preview on what you should look for. Coming up right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bear Insider Ultimate Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback, radio analyst, and Hall of Famer. Today, we are talking about the Bears versus the Ducks. Several storylines coming into this one. A lot of familiar- familiarity, that's a word, right? Between these two programs, Justin Wilcox, an alumni of Oregon, played at Oregon. Tosh Lupoy, their defensive coordinator, former defensive lineman for the Bears as well. And so a lot of crossover back and forth. Coach Sermons, of course, Bill Musgrave, all played at Oregon as well. This Oregon team is a team that went into Georgia to begin the season and took an absolute shellacking, 49-3. to And it was ugly. Coming in, they were ranked... Almost, I think they were number 11 in the country. And everybody's looking for big things. They were kind of the standard bearer, the flag carrier for the Pac-12. And then Oregon absolutely dismantled them, shook the bolts off of them. And it kind of let down for the whole Pac-12, right? They lost, Utah lost in that same uh, weekend to a mediocre Florida team. And so Pac-12 lost a little bit of its varnish, right? The shine was off the conference. Uh, since then, Oregon has been undefeated. And it was a lot to expect from an Oregon team in first-year head coach Dan Lanning coming in, going up against the national champion from the previous season uh, in an opening game to expect them to come out and you know perform well or even get a win. I know everybody inside the Oregon locker room, I'm sure, expected to get a win. But that's a lot to ask. A lot of new offense you know, unfamiliarity, guys don't know each other, new starting quarterback, all kinds of stuff going on up there. So it would be a lot to ask of them to go in and get that win. They have become a much better football team. They are gelling week in, week out. They are getting better. And so it's a huge test this week for the Bears to go up against this Oregon team. I have to tell you, as a quarterback, it is fun to watch that Oregon offense. They are balanced for one. They lead the Pac-12 in rushing 244.6 a game. They are number five in the country in terms of running the ball. In terms of passing the ball, Bo Nix is also incredibly efficient. They are thrown for about 272 to 275 a game, and they're number 35, 36 in the country in terms of passing offense. And so they're being really good both on the ground and through the air. And when you have a team that's that balanced, they're incredibly difficult to stop. And so that's a big one. Last week versus Washington, they love to push the ball down the field, get vertical, do all that. This week, you have to defend the entire field. You have to defend the line of scrimmage in that you have to keep a heavy box to stop the run. But you also have to be able to cover downfield because Oregon's got some real weapons on the outside as well. And so it makes it really difficult as a D coordinator. Oregon also runs the RPO game very well. Bo Nix is an extremely talented runner as well as being a really talented passer. Uh, Last week, by the way, he threw about the prettiest football I've seen in college football in I can't tell you how many years. Just threw the big over-the-top ball in the post down the middle of the field, put air underneath it. It was a clinic film for how young quarterbacks should throw the deep ball. And so he has all the skill sets to throw the ball, to run the ball, to work the RPO game. He can do all of that. So it will be a tough matchup for the Bears defense this week, who I think, by the way, has been playing extremely well given the circumstances that the offense uh, hasn't been able to put it together 
outside of one game this year versus Arizona. So all that said, let's talk about Oregon, some of their players, some of the things you're going to see. On offense, uh, we started with Bo Nix. Nix had a game last week, 22 for 28. I think it was 280-something yards, five touchdowns, zero interceptions against a pretty good UCLA team. And so his his passer rating was like 2 million and 6. It was just a ridiculous number for passer rating because he was incredibly efficient. And so he's one that you have to start with because the offense centers around that guy as the quarterback, being able to do the drop back game, being able to run the RPO game, being able to uh, run the sprint out game. He does all of it. He has every tool in the basket and he's really good at it. And he's a big time running threat as well. And so Bo Nix is where it starts on the season. Uh, He's been very efficient as well. A huge part of why he's been so successful at quarterback outside of that pretty amazing skill set is the fact that Oregon's offensive line is pretty dominant. They have four seniors starting on that offensive line, one sophomore, and a lot of guys who are going to be playing at the next level. So anytime you are awesome inside, and we'll talk to you about those guys, it's Alex Forsyth, it's Amovai Laulu. So he is also a great player. It is TJ Bass. It is Marcus Harper. It is Ryan Walk. Those five dudes are balling up front. Really, really good uh, for big guys up front. And I have told you time and time again when we talk about previews, reviews, post-game analysis, if you win in the pit, you're probably going to win the football game. And Oregon is winning at the line of scrimmage with those guys on offense. The reason they are so balanced is because those guys get it done. They can do it in the run game, and they do it in the pass game. And if you can run the ball, the way that Oregon runs the ball, and if you can run the RPO game, the way that Oregon runs the RPO game, then you can be extremely efficient in the passing game because defensive lines don't know whether to pin their ears back and bring it, whether to sit back, whether to read, whether to fight pressure, like all those things that they have to do. There's a choice. There's a menu option on every single play because Oregon can get it done on every single play in a bunch of different ways. So that's a huge part. Another thing that the offensive line does extremely well Oregon is 12 of 13 on fourth downs this year. They are 10 of 10 on fourth downs since the Georgia game. And that is all about the offensive line. That's when those guys need to be on their game to be able to run the ball for a yard, to be able to protect the quarterback in passing situations. And so if your O-line is not getting it down, you're not going to be going for it on fourth. The fact that they have such faith in their O-line and their quarterback means that they can go for it on fourth down. And since the Georgia game, they have been 100% perfect going forward on fourth down. So that is a lot of trust to put in those guys, and they have come through big time. And you can tell that stat alone tells you about the momentum this team has because you don't go for it unless you believe in your team. You don't believe in your team unless you have momentum. And so those things all play on top of each other. So there's that. In terms of running backs, Bucky Irving, number zero, is a starter back there. He is really good. He is a one-two punch, uh, along with number 22, uh, Noah Whittington. They both, right around 70 carries, you know, 300 to 500 yards, uh, both good running backs, both the same dude, really. Uh, Whittington comes in at six foot 194, and Irving comes in at 5'10", 194. So, essentially the same dude, uh, kind of the same dude Oregon's had at running back for a long, long time. And it's just the same quick, hits the hole fast, a little bit shaky, a little bit shifty, 
has some burst, some acceleration, uh, and that's what they're doing at that running back spot. So they're both good inside. They've got the benefit of having that awesome offensive line, uh, a good quarterback who can run it and spread things out as well, and so it keeps the box numbers in their favor. And that's part of what they do on offense is their offensive system is designed around taking advantage of the box numbers. I talked about this at Washington State. They're not quite as aggressive about it at Oregon, but they have the RPO game. They have the quick game where the quarterback manages the box numbers. And so they will have quick bubbles on the outside or quick hitches or quick slants. When the box numbers don't match for a run call, quarterback can pull it and get it to his receiver right now to even out. And so if the box numbers are wrong, boom, I get the ball outside and that, that, solves the problem of having a heavy box against the run play. And they allow Bo Nix to do this. He ran it at Auburn with his offensive coordinator down there. And so he's familiar with the system. He's running it extremely well. And Oregon's uh, offense is being very efficient at taking advantage of that. At receiver, Chris Hudson, number one, uh, leading wide receiver, 5'11", 172, out of Compton, California, fast, athletic, good football player. Last week, number 11, Troy Franklin out of Palo Alto uh, actually had a better game, had a huge game last week. They were focusing on him. And so those two guys as a one-two punch are pretty dangerous uh, catching the ball. Terrence Ferguson at that tight end position, also a good football player. He will catch some balls, and you will see uh, Cam McCormick out there as well, a few catches on the season. But they got some dudes at tight end. They got dudes at running back. They got dudes at receiver. Quarterback is a dude, and the offensive line are all dudes, road graders up front. So Cal's defense has their work cut out for them in this game. Earlier this week, I had an opportunity to talk to Justin Wilcox. I'm going to throw to him right now. He can tell you about his thoughts on Oregon, and then we'll come back, and I will cover Oregon's defense to finish this out. This week, you've got Oregon coming in, and Oregon – they play that first game against Georgia, and everybody's like, oh, the bloom is off the rose right away. But this is still a really good Oregon team. And even if you watch the film on that one, they moved the ball down the field. They just couldn't punch it in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And so a huge part of that was turnovers. A huge part of that was execution. And you have a coaching staff in their first year with the team. They've started to iron out some of those wrinkles that were problems versus Oregon. Talk about this te- – or excuse me, versus Georgia. Talk about this team that you're facing coming in this week of the season. Yeah, well, they're scoring on everybody – uh, and they make it look easy. So they run the ball and they throw the ball, and they're very balanced in doing that. They're not just a running or throwing team. The QB is playing at a very high level. Their offensive line is extremely talented. Uh, they always have skill. They have running backs and receivers that seem to just keep coming, and so uh, they're really good offense. Uh, again, another team that's scoring well over 40 a game, and I, if you take out the first game, I mean, they are really – really impressive statistically and what they're doing on offense. Don't make a lot of mistakes. And uh, defensively, you know, very multiple, got good players. The inside linebacker group is very talented. They got a couple edge players that are extremely talented. The right, uh, excuse me, the corner, um, Zero, who also played a little nickel for them as a, you know, high-level athlete. So they're, they're just a very talented unit, and they got good schemes to go along with it. And so – and talk about Bo Nix, another athletic quarterback – uh, this more so than say Penix. Penix was a thrower; he could spin it, but he wasn't the guy you were really worried about escaping. But Bo Nix, another athletic guy, Delora, like Delora was, like Cam Ward a little bit. You know, he he presents different options, and Oregon wants to spread you horizontally and vertically. But then they have the run game to pound it inside as well. So yeah. 
the the trick is always make them play left-handed. Which hand is their left hand? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they, they don't have one, to be honest with you, Mike. I mean, they, that's why they're scoring at ease on everybody. You got to make them hunt it. We got to try and work some disguises. You got to find a negative play in there. Um, you know, this is a – it'll be a great challenge for our defense because they do run the ball exceptionally well, and they throw it, and the QB can throw it, and he'll run it. I mean, he is a – not just a willing runner. He's a good runner. And so uh, that makes – you know, when you have a QB that'll do that, that he can throw it and he's a, a good runner. I mean, the math doesn't work in your favor much of the time. So you have to find ways to uh, try and buy a gap, uh, give them a different picture runner pass game. And so it's a great challenge for our defense and one they'll be, they'll be excited for. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then offensively, you talked about it. edge guys, right? Edge guys were a problem last, last week. If you've got a talented edge guy off the outside, you've really got to be solid. Is there, I'm not asking to give away game plan, yeah. but there's got to be chips or tight ends or something in there to extend that edge, right? You obviously have to account for it um, to say we're, you know, just drop back and, you know, put put the tackle one-on-one all day. It's probably not a uh, – wouldn't be the right thing to do. And so I, I there'll be different ways, you know, in terms of, you know, run, play action, move in the pocket, all the different things that you can do, uh, long edges, so, uh, yeah, we'll employ any and all of those. <laughs> yeah, multiple warfare fronts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, I think just so talented, like there's so much talent at the edge position at every level of football that it's hard to just leave a tackle one-on-one in space these days. It makes it tough. Coach, I appreciate you coming on. Um, appreciate a little more offense last week, and we're looking forward to a big game versus the Ducks this week. Right, thanks, Mike. So, Coach, obviously aware of how good this Oregon team is, watched a ton of film. He knows what they're about. Obviously, he knows the traditions of Oregon – having been a duck himself uh, and been offered that job in the off season. Didn't want to go there with any questioning uh, because coach is a Cal guy. He's here. He's all about Cal. He's all about his job and his team here. So I appreciate that. Now let's take a look at Oregon's defense. What do they do schematically? Dan Lanning is a defensive coordinator by nature, just 36 years old, was down at Georgia for that national championship. And he's a guy that it seems as you watch film, as you watch their defense, Likes to be up in your face, likes to be on top of it, likes to eliminate space between players. And so what they do is they play a lot of man coverage, a lot of cover one, where you'll see corners down low, guys playing man, kind of sitting on routes, playing it tough. They will hold. Oregon has always held at that DB position. They will continue to hold. You see it on film. Um, But, you know, you only get a couple of calls of that a game. And as long as it works for you, you keep doing it. Last week's game versus Washington, there was a lot of holding going on in the secondary, both sides, and the officials weren't calling it. So if it's one of those games, uh, then advantage defense in that type of game. They run a couple different looks up front, personnel-wise. They will run an odd front, what you call an odd front, three men down, three guys with their hand in the dirt, so three defensive linemen down, Uh, and then a stand-up backer who turns it into a four-man front, but he's a stand-up guy. But as a personnel issue, as a coach, uh, you're looking at that. It's either a 3-4, which they run four linebackers, three defensive linemen, and then they work their schemes around that personnel. Or they'll run a 3-3-5, so three down linemen, three linebackers, and then five DBs. That's more of their nickel scheme. So you hear a lot about the 3-3-5 stack, tough to block, right? Linebackers moving around, odd front. You know, you get what's called a tight front where – you have defensive tackles lined up inside shoulders on 
offensive tackles or defensive ends, I should say, lined up inside shoulders on offensive tackles. And they're taking away the B gap. Linebackers have the A gap, but they can roam. You're moving people around. You can kind of run twists and stunts and all kinds of stuff up front. And so it's a little bit like playing pinball out there, trying to figure out where it's coming from. But it's an aggressive style of defense. It's an active style of defense. Uh, and as an offense, you've got to practice it a lot. Cal runs some of it. They see it in practice. They know how to run it in their scout team. So that should be of a benefit uh, to the Bears as well. So personnel-wise, uh, you start on that defense, and it's a name that you guys are familiar with, Noah Sewell, linebacker, number one, younger brother of Penny Sewell, who was the stud offensive lineman for them. 6'2", 253, runs like a deer, uh, hits like a Mack truck. He plays that inside linebacker position. He, he is the, the kind of the spearhead of that defense, a very good football player in there. They have edge guys as well. Uh, Brandon Dorless is a good edge guy at that defensive end position. He's got, I think, just under three sacks on the year. He is bigger than the guys last week that we saw from Washington. Comes in at about 290 pounds. Um, he can get it done out there. He's got a bigger push, different type of football player, but a good football player as well on that outside at that defensive end position. And so they have edge guys that can rush, good linebackers inside. I think their secondary is kind of a classic Oregon secondary. They got guys who can play it, but they bring some pressure. They bring enough up front so that if you're just disruptive enough in that secondary, that quarterback's timing is off. They, they can confuse you a little bit with their, uh, their shifts and their last-minute looks and where they're bringing pressure from and what they're spinning down to or spinning up to as a coverage. And so... As a quarterback, you got to really be on your game, not just seeing your pre-snap read, am I seeing two high safeties or one high safety, but also about are they spinning from that or rolling from that in that they could start with two high safeties, roll down to one. They could all kinds of stuff that they're doing out there on defense. Much like their offense is an attacking offense, spread you horizontally and vertically, their defense, very similar, attacking style defense in your face, make you make decisions quickly, not give you a clean picture, uh, as Justin talks about changing up your pitch. And so they do that very well on defense as well. Uh, they held UCLA to field goals to start the game off last week, and that was a huge thing for them because they got the big jump. And then in the second quarter, uh, Coach Dan Lanning went for the onside kick, and Oregon got it and switched the game. At that moment, you could feel momentum just absolutely shift and became 24, I think, to 13 at that point or 24 to 11 at that point. Um, and then they poured it on, went up one more score before halftime, 31 to 13 or 11. And so it was kind of all over at that point uh, that Oregon was rolling downhill and they were going at home in Autzen. UCLA was feeling it. I could never quite get back into it. Final score is 45 to 30, but Oregon had control, in my opinion, as I watched the game from that onside kick moving forward. So that is a good look at the Oregon defense, at their offense. Good talk with coach today. And so offense has their hands full. We kind of put everything together in the last thought of the day here is that on the season, uh, Bo Nix has been sacked exactly one time. Why is that? A huge part of it is the offensive line. They're really good. Another part is they throw bubbles to the outside. They get the ball out of his hands in a hurry. They work box numbers. They work the RPO game. They get him on the move. 
they help in protection with backs. They find a way when they do throw drop back pass to keep the offense off base. That run game, having a great run game means they're going RPOs. Um, They do a little bit of everything. They're very diverse on offense. And as a result, it's hard to get after the quarterback. Jack Plummer, in the meantime, has been sacked 23 times. And Cal's offense has not been diverse. They have not spread the ball horizontally and vertically. And so um, Cal's offense needs to start doing a little bit of that. They got some talented players on the outside. They got some talented players at running back. Yes, the offensive line needs a ton of work. Hopefully now in the second week with Coach Greatwood around, they got some touch in there or some, some more of his touch on that offensive line, right? Getting some things done. And hopefully that offensive line is improving because they need to be, especially for this game, it is a huge game. Coach Wilcox always coaches well against Oregon, but this is, uh, this is a big, big one against a very good team. So that's my thoughts on it. I appreciate you guys watching. Uh, you can always catch us on the broadcast. Me and my partner, Joe Starkey, KGO 810. Broadcast starts the pregame at 1130. You can catch us then. Uh, but I appreciate you guys watching or listening today, whichever you're doing. I am Mike Pulaski for Bear Insider and the Ultimate Insider Podcast. Go Bears.